Hi, everyone. Welcome to our ninth episode of our DevOn Speak Up podcast. So today we are here with Marcus and Chris Stone. Chris Stone is, well, we, we, we met very interestingly on LinkedIn because if you follow me uh, for, uh, for some time on LinkedIn, you'll see that I have a very aggressive stance on a lot of things and I like to rant a lot. <laughs> and uh, so then I meet interesting people who also have aggressive stances on stuff and also like to uh, rant a lot. Uh, so we met uh, online on LinkedIn and uh, well, uh, let's start there. Uh, Chris, will you uh, uh, introduce yourself and also tell us uh, a little bit about your background? Sure, absolutely. So I'm, I'm Chris Stone. Uh, my brand is The Virtual Agile Coach. Um, and what that basically means is for, for years before COVID, I was doing distributed agile. Uh, I was working with teams across the globe in, in India, Trinidad, Houston, Alaska, all, all manner of places. And it meant that for a while I've had to be distributed. I've had to enable uh, what I say frictionless innovation regardless of location. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad that the world is now catching up a little bit. There's, there's far more people doing remote agility. And I, and I appreciate they've been forced into it a little bit by the, by the circumstances, but mm-hmm. I can only see that being a positive thing. As mm-hmm. my background, I've got about eight years uh, of experience working with Agile Ways of Working. I first got my exposure to Agile whilst I was working on the pro- a project management graduate scheme for a company called CSC. And at the time, I was working in a very command and control, you know, heavy waterfall style where my management were asking me for my, my Gantt charts and they wanted to know where my schedule and all those things were happening. And I got my first exposure to an agile engagement through one of the work streams that I was, was, I was managing. And this lead developer, Shevin, Shevin, he was telling me, oh, we're doing things in agile. And I'd heard about agile, but I'd not experienced it. And this was my first experience of it. Mm-hmm. And I was sold. I loved it. Uh, it, just, it just made sense. You know, why wouldn't you want to learn often, pivot based on what you learn, deliver things quicker, engage your customers and your users more frequently? It just made mm-hmm. sense, and I was sold ever since. And nowadays, I, I perform more of a, an enterprise agile coaching role, uh, working with teams, as I said, distributed across the globe. That can encompass transformation work. Sometimes I step into Scrum Master type roles, but I'm essentially aiming to promote agility across companies and across the world. Okay, great, thanks. Uh, so I see, I see. Uh, uh, Funny has also joined us. Uh, Funny is another co- a colleague of us uh, who is a regular uh, guest on the podcast. Hi, Funny. Welcome. Hey. Hey. Um, so uh, we just had Chris uh, do a small introduction of himself and uh, how we met. So um, once, uh, so when uh, when I was talking to Chris at first, uh, uh, one of the things that came up was uh, was his stance on the alternatives probably to to agile so perhaps it's a good idea for you to set the stage a little bit like why do you even think that we need an alternative to agile and what uh, kind of things uh, would be a good alternative to agile in your opinion so i guess i'd just like to rephrase that ever so slightly i, I wouldn't say i want Please. to suggest an alternative to agile my my stance and my belief is that the agile manifesto which is a, a pivotal, fundamental document that we still refer to, and it's 20 years old, let's bear that in mind. We refer to that as the starting point for when we train or educate or bring new people into the agile world. And my, my stance is that, is that it needs an update. 
Now, there are a number of reasons around that, um, and we could, we could explore those in detail. I've, I've delivered talks on this at various meetups and webinars and things like that. Um, and I tend to make it an interactive, engaging experience where I get people to choose the theme and topic they want to go into. So there's things like there's areas on thou shalt not question the manifesto. There's an area on the commoditization of, of, of Agile. There's areas on what the what the industry is saying, you know, what other practitioners are saying about it. There's there's things about the alternatives. And I guess that's where you're keen to explore today. But I think that one of the, the biggest reasons I feel the manifesto itself needs an update is because I don't feel we as practitioners have practiced what we preach. The, the manifesto mm-hmm. itself talks about we are continuously uncovering better ways of working. It talks about inspecting and adapting. It talks about learning, right? Now, my challenge is, is if in 20 years we haven't learned a better way of doing something, then we, we're not practicing what we preach. We haven't taken the manifesto itself which some perceive as this holy document that, that you can't question, we haven't taken that itself and said, right, is it still fit for purpose in 2020? And I think that is the, the crux of, of my argument. I think one of the other challenges is, and, and I'm, I'm going to ask a question to you guys here, does anyone know anything about the 17 original signatories of the Agile Manifesto? Yeah, we know. Yeah? yeah. Could you guys tell me anything about them? Uh, what do you, what what specific? Uh, I, I, well, are there are, are there any trends? Are there yeah? Are they are they similar? You know, I I have a little bit of uh, yeah. So one similarity is I think they are very well known for the the work they have done. Uh, so so they have done uh, something or uh, they have contributed something significant to uh, to the industry. So that's the similarity that I see. Okay. Any other similarities from anyone else? There were 17 of those folks who met uh, in Utah back in 2001. No, but, but what, what are the similarities that you would like to highlight? Perhaps I'd that's like to a highlight. better question. Uh, it's a better question. And, and again, usually I would visually show this, but I would show a picture of all 17 of them. And it's very evident once you see they are all... All 17 of them are white males from a software engineering background. Mm-hmm. Now, my, my challenge here is, and it doesn't, it doesn't devalue what they produce at all. It doesn't mean what they produced is wrong. But there is nobody that could convince me that that is a diverse lens through which to look through. And my challenge is, could it be better if there was a more diverse lens through which to look through? What diversity are you referring to? Uh, gender. Um, Rate, you know, background from you know culture, cultural backgrounds. I'm talking about perhaps non-software specific. There, there are lots of ways you could perhaps look at this from a diversity. Uh, so, Chris, are you suggesting you need to have diversity for sake of diversity? No, not at all. What no, I'm so- saying is, again, I'm not saying I devalue or, or suggest that what they produced is any in any way wrong. My my assertion is that. Whilst you know what they produced was essentially revolutionary, it changed the software industry in many ways, and I'm very thankful for that. My my challenge is: is it could it be better? Yeah, you know, we as practitioners should be always asking ourselves: could what we do be better? That's part of the manifesto itself. So mm-hmm. my 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 suggestion is: let's say we did an experiment. Let's say in 2020 we sat down as a group of a more diverse group, by the way, and said, right, what what are the alternatives here? What could we so, what could we tweak slightly? What could we alter? Can you can, can I ask you a question, Chris? Sure. 
uh, I, I missed a bit of your introduction, but I, I, I do get a gist of it. But uh, in all the organizations and companies that you worked with, have you ever worked with any company where they have only used Agile Manifesto? Only used Agile Manifesto or nothing else? It's a good question. Um, let me think. I don't, I don't think I have where they've only used the Agile Manifesto and the Manifesto itself. Now, again, my, 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 I guess the rebuttal I would bring to that, and, I, and it's, a, it's a hugely valid point, is that it is, the, the, it is as I said, the, the foundational document that every person out there who's delivering a new training, or most, most trainers out there who's delivering a new training to a new person to the industry, perhaps to someone retraining, um, they start with that manifesto. And if it's perhaps outdated in any way, so, so, you were, way. so sorry, uh, I, I completely agree with your initial premise, uh, which means, you know, over a 20 years of time, have we become better at it? Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I believe so, because industry have moved quite a, uh, uh, you know, quite a distance uh, from where it was in the early 2000s. Uh, does it mean that do we need to adapt or do we need to look relook at the things? Of course, I totally agree with you on that part. But what I don't try to, I mean, at least what I uh, still not clear in my head is Agile Manifesto itself is never ever meant to be a, a solution or a very uh, a concrete thing because a lot of frameworks that came up like let's say Scrum or uh, FDD or you name it, all of them are sort of means to sort of live those values or principles, right? So the concrete implementation was never with the Agile Manifesto. So, so, and and I told, so that's why if, if I just look back, so that's where, you know, the whole concept of the DevOps also originated uh, to some extent because, you know, people realized the value of what uh, uh, Agile Manifesto was talking about. So that's, uh, uh, so for me, Yes, things have changed. So industry was always evolving and they were learning from it. Um, but uh, I still trying to understand. So do we really need to go back and change the manifesto itself? You know, so I, I yes. don't see. Can I also add something? Because Absolutely. what I really like about your statement, Chris, is that people are not really um, uh, living the manifesto, right? That That's what you, in a sense, but would that be a reason to change it or um, at least explain better why that manifesto is there? So I, you could also reason, um, uh, do we need to change something that we think is either good or not good uh, and people are not listening? Or do we need to take more attention to the people that are not living that uh, on itself? It's, it's a hugely valid point on, on both sides. And I guess what I'm trying to say here is I don't intend to go back and rewrite history. Right. Mm -hmm. I, I don't think that's the answer. You know, just in the same way, we've got lots of examples of cancel cancellation culture and things like that now where people are trying to go back and say, oh, well, these values that we experienced 20 years ago are, aren't right. You know, we shouldn't be watching that or shouldn't be displaying that. I think that's the wrong answer. If you if you erase history, you're doomed to, re to, to repeat it. So what I'm saying is we don't go back and update the old document. We say, great, the document was fantastic. It served its purpose. But it could be updated. It could be better. And we should at least perform the exploratory exercise yeah. to see if we feel it should be updated. And if it should, great. Maybe it's a new manifesto that's yeah. created. So so, let, so let's explore that, right? Uh, so um, 
I, I'm all for updating stuff that doesn't, that don't work anymore. Right. <laughs> so if it no longer works, then fine. But what, uh, what is then the suggestion? Like no, what so, should so, so, we update? So Navi, just to, 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 to expand on your point. So the mm-hmm. premise of your statement is that it doesn't work. Hence we update, Let, let's update. So, so that's what I try to understand. So yeah. is that even, I'm, I'm trying to understand or rather challenge the premise that this stuff doesn't work, hence we need to update. So yeah, you know? per, per, perhaps perhaps I needed to be a little bit more nuanced. So let's say let's say it could be better than it is right now. Uh, how could it be better, and how, how could we make it better? Sure, and I think for me uh, there are there are many avenues you could pursue with that, and I think there's many alternatives that have been springing up over the past five to ten years, which. Um, are are options, or they 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 each have their own take on how it could be slightly altered. To come back to um, Farney's point earlier, I believe that we and and what I'm observing anecdotally and through discussing with others is that there's a lot of things broken in the agile industry at the moment. There's a lot of uh, people lamenting someone not being agile enough. You know, the, you talked about how the, the manifesto itself wasn't intended to be a solution or a, a finite set of commandments. But the reality is, and I've seen and experienced this, people do treat it that way. That's why I've got this, this topic, you know, thou shalt not question. There are people out there who, when I've spoken and I've said, oh, we need to update the manifesto, there's almost a visceral response to that. There's almost like, how dare you question it? It's such a dogmatic thing. So you will have practitioners out there who will say, oh, you're not agile enough because you're not doing individuals and interactions right or or things like that. And rather than rather than helping someone, it's a blame thing. It's a lack of psychological safety amongst the community. So my, my, my assertion and my suggestion is part of the update could be addressing some of these things. If we if we are seeing this in the industry, then what can we do to change it? Because taking no action is a decision in itself and it will mean we'll just be keeping doing the same things over and over and over and expecting different results. And that's I, the definition of insanity from, from Einstein. I, I do agree with the, with the dogmatism, uh, uh, what, what you said, cause, cause to me, and, and you're, you're using also some of the wordings, which, which is really uh, like red flags to me in the sense that it almost sounds like a religion, right? Mm-hmm. Thou shalt not. And, uh, and it's a, it's a holy document and, and so on and so on. So, Sorry, did I did I just cut away? No, you still here? Oh, okay. So, uh, so it it almost uh, sounds like a religion, and then you would expect people to also behave like they do in a religion, right? So, is is that the heart of of your uh, resistance to it, or or your um, disappointment with with it? If I may uh, rephrase it like, like that. I think it's both. There's a disappointment there, and there is there is a you know there is a friction. Uh, my concern is, as I said, if 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 people are already considering it with religious dogmatism, right? It's almost you know there's a there's a term cargo cult agile. There's there's almost a cult feel to how people experience and talk about agile. If if the manifesto itself, in its current iteration or formats, is the starting point for how we educate people, then that will just keep breeding similar dogmatism. I, I, I see I see your point, Chris. Um, unfortunately, my experience with my fellow colleagues are, are my other peers in other agile communities that I'm involved in. I do not see this kind of a dogmatism. That uh, I mean, I, I so to 
to the extent that you are mentioning here, you know, so uh, I, I do, let's say maybe 5% or maybe less than that, you know, some people, maybe people who need to be still a little bit mature in their profession as agile coaches or scrum masters or whatever. But in general, uh, at least the communities that I am involved in, um, I I don't recognize this problem. Uh, let me say like that. So people know what the purpose of Agile Manifesto is. Uh, it's not a ho- like a Holy Bible or a Quran or something, you know, where you need to. So the more important things are the values behind it. So, so I have difficulty relating to uh, the situation or the problem that you are mentioning. So I don't know about, yeah, sorry, go on. What, what I do see, and, 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 and that's my personal feeling when I also, so we, we work in a lot more on, on the DevOps perspective, where I see that the Agile Manifesto maybe is not sufficient enough. So I, I, I'd rather opt to add to the Agile Manifesto, uh, simply because Agile isn't being um, done as it's supposed to, right? Uh, if you take a look at the first principle of Agile, it tells us to, to, to serve our customers, to add value by continuous delivery. We're not even doing that when we talk about Agile. Um, so I, I think we need to add, and I also dislike some of the responses in the market, and, and, and maybe I'm gonna hurt people saying this, but if you take a look at um, uh, frameworks like SAFE, they do not understand even the first part of the manifesto. <laughs> Agile was meant to be lightweight. Uh, when they created this, this was meant to be a very lightweight framework to help people learn and, and, and move faster. Um, and, and especially if you look at the people that were part of that Agile manifesto, like Martin Fowler and, and uh, um, people writing clean code and that stuff, they really had, um, uh, a very good vision on how to create code already in, in the time of XP. And that's what they wanted to learn us and say, look, there is already something that we can use, uh, continuous integration, unit testing. Uh, there are already a lot of things that we can use to move faster. So I opt more on adding stuff and make sure that we stay away from things like safe um, and, and then really do the things that we need to do to deliver value to our customer because in the end we're we're forgetting that i think i'd, I'd love to just bring that brings me that segues very nicely marcus into one of my topics as part of the, the the talks i give on the agile manifesto and that is the commoditization of agile now i'm i'm not going to sit here and say safe is terrible or horrible i'm a safe spc5 right i've got the certification I see value in certain aspects of SAFE. And I, I'm someone who is an agile agnostic. So I don't personally go into any situation with any clients or companies and come with a predetermined bias or, or, or preferred approach. What I try to do is I listen and understand and I try and help them discover their version of agile. Um, I, I encourage them to innovate, not replicate. Don't just copy and paste the latest Spotify model or whatever that may be. It's not a cookie cutter framework drop in, you know, and what a lot of consultancies are trying to do, that to me doesn't take into account one of the most important variables in any transformation. That's the people and their culture. So just copying and pasting what everyone else is doing often doesn't work. You know, you borrow things, yeah. borrow things absolutely. Borrow things from from those frameworks. And I I I absolutely love certain things of safe, but I what I do is I, I consider it a, a, a continuous experiment in learning. 
let's try a little bit from safe. Let's try a little bit from less. Let's try a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Mix it all together. Find out what works for you. Yeah. yeah. So th- this this is very interesting because uh, because uh, when I when I come to some certain customers and they say, yeah, we're doing the Spotify model, then my first like laughable, uh, uh, how do you say it? A comment on that is, oh, I didn't know you were Spotify. Like yeah. it, it's not going to work for you just because it worked for Spotify and even Spotify right now is do is not doing what you're doing. They yeah. are, they have already moved on, right? And the the other spot, uh, the other uh, side of the spectrum for me is uh, I started my career in a like a fully agile DevOps end to end responsible development team, like years before agile and DevOps were a hype thing. And, and even years before I had even heard of those things. And it was and it was not because I was such a genius, but it was just through experimentation and learning, you knew that that was the proper way to address a certain problem that we were facing, right? So for me, this, this whole um, uh, agile approach uh, and this iterative uh, thing and, and continuously re- learning and reflecting and collaborating is not so much that it's because it's in the agile manifesto or it's in a DevOps or whatever, but it's because it's a, like a best practice, something that has proven itself to be working uh, at least in a lot of cases, uh, there might be edge cases where it doesn't work, but in the majority of the cases, this is like the best thing that we have been able to come up with so far. Is that something that you agree with or what's your, uh, what's your take on that? So I would say I, I, I would agree with that. Um, for me, as I said, I'm, I'm agile agnostic. I, I firmly believe that for me, Agile, what Agile represents to me is a continuous experiment, a, a big learning opportunity. I, I, you know, my personal belief, I am who I am today because of a series of failures, mistakes, errors, bruises, scars, things that I've accumulated over the years, and each of them have taught me something along the way. So if Agile for me is a, just a continuous experiment, a learning opportunity for you to discover what works better, what doesn't work, and how you're going to change next time. Okay. Now, coming back to the um, commoditization side of things, let's just explore safe a little bit. And I, I, I've got a great, I, I do enjoy this, this, little, this little piece. So for me, safe in particular are one of the worst proponents for just chucking agile in front of a topic and making a certification. It's almost like a, a Pokemon style, gotta catch them all, collect all your badges. Now, Let's look at, I, I did this a few weeks ago. I checked on the SAFE website. These are the certifications that they have. Certified SAFE Agile, Agile Product Manager, APM. Certified SAFE Agile Software Engineer, ASE. Certified SAFE Program Consultant, SPC. Certified SAFE Lean Portfolio Manager, LPM. Certified SAFE Government Practitioner, SGP. Certified SAFE Release Train Engineer, RTE. Certified SAFE Architect, ARCH. Certified Safe DevOps Practitioner, SDP. Certified Safe Product Owner slash Product Manager, POPM. Certified Safe Advanced Scrum Master, SASM. Certified Safe Scrum Master, SSM. Certified Safe Practitioner, SP. And Certified Safe Agilist, SA. Now, if I were to collect all of those things and go into a Starbucks and announce my name like I was Daenerys Stormborn from Game Chris Stone, APM, LPM, Arch, ASE, SGP, SDP, SPC, RTE, POPM, SASM, SSM, SP, and finally SA. And I guarantee they would not fit that on a coffee cup. 
This, to me, is a huge representation of the commoditization of Agile. Chuck Agile in front of it, make it a course, and spin the money-making machine. Yeah, I can agree with that. But, uh, well, at least I, I see your point. Let me put it that way. Uh, but but I think uh, that's an entirely different topic by itself in the sense that certification has become this this thing that that people uh, really strive to without actually um, always uh, knowing what what it's going to bring. Like a few weeks ago, uh, I, I was providing a training uh, somewhere and, and I asked the participants, like, what is your main goal for this training? And like all of them had only one sticky and that sticky was to get certified. Yeah. I'm like, OK, you are not doing this for the right reasons. I mean you're not here to learn. You're just here to collect the badge, like you said, that Pokemon. So, um, but that's, I think that's a very broad topic that, uh, we don't have time today for, to, to dive into. So what I, what I would like to, uh, get back to actually in this conversation is to see, okay, uh, there, there are improvements possible on the, on the agile side. So, uh, are there things or are there alternatives or suggestions that you know of uh, that you're uh, that you stand behind and you say, hey, that is actually a good way of uh, trying to improve the manifesto? Sure. So there's, there's various options I've seen out there. And the reason just for awareness why I was bringing up the commoditization side of things is because I believe the commoditization is a consequence, again, of the, of the manifesto. So we've statements and principles in there. What if one of the new principles or statements, you know, values in there was we value, you know, customer centricity over profiteering? Why not? Why not hold these training companies accountable for what is essentially bastardizing the industry and make it foundational to what the what the manifesto is? That's why I bring it up. It wasn't to segue off into a topic. I believe it's fundamentally related, and mm -hmm. it could be addressed by us as practitioners acknowledging it and updating and reflecting it in, in whatever the new manifesto iteration or whatever we decided to create was as part of this experiment. Yeah. Coming to the alternatives then. So there are a number Sorry. I've, I've come across. Uh, there is the agile manifesto 2.0. Has anyone come across this one? Uh, no, uh, and and even if we if we would know all the, all of it, uh, could you said uh, explain it a little bit for our listeners who who uh, who are not uh, well versed in that? Of course. So the Agile Manifesto 2.0 has some very simple changes. It still follows the you know individuals' interactions over processes and tools, uh, all of the same values. The only tweak or the prime primary tweak they've made is they've altered the language. So rather than saying throughout that it's software, they change it to solution. Uh, for me, this is something that actually, I, it does resonate. If you think about the fact that the Agile Manifesto uh, back in 2001 was the Agile Manifesto for software development. However, how many different industries are now embracing Agile principles and values and creating their own? There is mm -hmm. a, a manifesto for people you know, and, and HR. There is manifestos for how to do agile in a marketing way. So there's lots mm -hmm. of different industries, um, different functional departments that have said, right, agility is great. It doesn't just apply to software anymore. And therefore, by softening the words from software to solution, perhaps that is something that makes it more 
widely accessible to others because an actual Mm -hmm. critique I've had is I've experienced a situation where I've been showing the manifesto to some people and they weren't from the software industry, right? I I was helping up with transformation and I was working with the kind of second line support teams and, and the HR teams and trying to help them understand agility and things like that. So, oh, look, look, this is the manifesto. And one of the first things they read in there is, oh, but it's for software. It doesn't apply to us. And they immediately switch off. Yeah. So by changing the wording there from software to solution, it makes it more widely applicable. And for me, that's something I particularly like. Yeah, but that that's like a minor change with uh, arguable, arguably um, a huge impact uh, that I understand. Uh, but how is that fundamentally different? It's like uh, you could, even before this change, you could, if you, if you just think a little bit out of the box, you could already understand that that could be meant by saying working software, like working solution, something that works is better than, than documenting it uh, until it's dead. So, uh, so I don't see it as a paradigm shift. I just see that as a minor tweak to it. Yeah, no, I do. That's what I'm saying. I, I don't think for me, I, again, I'm, what I'm not calling for here is a fundamental change. I don't actually think the manifesto itself needs fundamental change. A lot of the things that are in it currently are entirely relevant. However, as I said, it could be better. And to me, I'm, I'm not saying that this needs a wholesale mm-hmm. revision, but I think there's various tweaks, experiments we could we could attempt to do that might make it more applicable, more understandable and um, more fitting, more fit for purpose in the year we're in now. For example, a key omission from the Agile Manifesto, as is, is any reference to psychological safety, which is a huge theme. We have very much discovered in the past, well, more so in the past five to 10 years, has has huge importance. And there's, there's no reference to that in any of the values or principles. There is not enough for me, again, this is a personal view, there's not enough reference to experimentation. Uh, and you know, for me, considering my, my belief is that Agile is a continuous experiment, it's about continuous learning, but it, it doesn't suggest that you should build a hypothesis, experiment, learn from it, be, be data-driven. Those exactly, exactly. So, so good points. And, and I, I do see a very um, big overlap in what you say with the values and principles uh, and practices that DevOps is preaching. So mm-hmm. is, isn't that then the, the evolution of Agile that you're looking for? It could well be. And the problem is, is this, isn't, this is not something that I should be personally deciding, right? This is something I feel should be a community-led initiative. Obviously, my interpretation is just one interpretation. What, what I think we need is a diverse group of people, a community-led initiative where we say, what is the Agile Manifesto to us now? You know, what have we learned in the past 20 years? You know, example being, if I was to look on LinkedIn right now and say, um, Agile. Don't do that. <laughs> no, 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 no. To, yeah, don't do that as a starting point. If I was to search the term agile coach, how many how many responses do you think I'd get? Unimaginably high. Yeah. Yeah. We're looking at 269,000 people currently on LinkedIn saying agile coach. How about just the word agile in total? I think it will be in the millions. Yeah. Almost 6 million. 5,820,000. Mm-hmm. The, re- the reason I bring this up is lot, there's lots of practitioners out there 
And even if we just assumed that each of those five million people had one month of experience in agile ways of working, we'd have almost 500,000 years of experience, collective experience in different industries, different cultures, different companies. And to me, that represents a huge wealth of information that we could leverage that's, that, will, that will reflect you know, we've, what we've learned in the past 20 years and would be a more diverse group than the original creation. That's something we could be looking to do as a community. I'm not saying let's get all 5 million people in, in a single session, but I think that there is an opportunity for us to reflect on what we've learned and as a community come together and align on what we feel could be different. And it could be borrowing bits from DevOps. It could be borrowing bits from all these different versions. I said there's modern agile, there's heart of agile, there's agile Two, which has come out in the past few weeks. Uh, some of these you may be familiar with, some, some of you, mm-hmm. you may not. But they're, they're all offshoots of Agile. And the fact that they're spinning up suggests to me there's a need for change. There's enough people out there calling for it. So, Chris, uh, do you think by changing or coming up with this Agile 2.0, some of the challenges that you mentioned, like commoditization of Agile, this whole certification thing, and also the mindset of some people with the social not a question, do you think all these things will be addressed with a 2.0, for example? Do I think there will be what? Sorry, I didn't catch that last point. Uh, do, do you think these challenges that exist as of today uh, would be addressed by coming up with a newer version of Agile Manifesto? Quite simply, Fani, I do not know the answer to that. You know? What I think is that we should try. We should experiment. If, we th- if we're saying that, or if we are acknowledging as a community that there are problems, there's dogmatism, there's issues, there's, there's things missing, there's lots of people creating their own manifestos. If we're saying and we acknowledge these things are happening and we don't do anything differently, it's just going to continue that way. So my, my proposal and my experiment I suggest is we do the activity, we do a retrospective on the manifesto, we suggest some alternatives, we try them. And if, if it improves certain things, great. If it doesn't, we do the activity again and work out how we can tweak it again. That's, I agree. So at least, uh, true. So for me, the way I see it, you know, uh, here um, in, in Netherlands, in supermarkets, you get uh, all the different type of vegetables and ingredients and stuff like that with a de- list of instructions. You know, you just follow the instruction, you can make a dish mm-hmm. out of it. However, the same instructions, same ingredients, let's say if I start making it, probably it'll turn out to be a little bit different or maybe I tweak a little bit based on what I have of my taste. And uh, let's say if you start cooking the same dish, it might be a little bit different uh, based on. So that's how I also see the whole Agile Manifesto. So which uh, basically gives uh, certain principles and certain uh, structure around it. And uh, for people who work Scrum, great. You know, some organizations or teams use Scrum, some with uh, XP, some with something else. Uh, Safe. So anything and every so every industry every team every organization is different so trying to come up with one uh, complete uh, you know all encompassing uh, and you know a structure i don't know whether that will ever be a realistic uh, thing to you know that we would we might witness so whatever we come up with there will always be some cases which will uh, yeah, so which won't fit in there, you know what I mean? And also with respect to certification, the whole commoditization thing, 
it's it's not just with agile certifications it's just with the, that's how the human mindset that's how the, the whole economy sort of you know the the, the capitalization thing work uh, uh, now we have this uh, uh, there was a, this uh, what is it called uh, gluten free foods now uh, let's say 10 years back and now if you go to supermarkets the amount of gluten free food stuff that uh, are bio the, the bio foods you know these are everyone wants to come up with these bio products or gluten free stuff just because it sells same goes for certification same goes for everything you know so um, but but that, that that's uh, yeah, that, yeah that's what it, I, that's, it even, that's funny. even yeah. counts for a a, a um, um, name on LinkedIn, right? So you search for agile coaches. Um, it's selling agile coaches. So in, in the world, 0.004% is an agile coach, which is quite big if you take a look at the number of IT people. Um, but also there, there's a lot of different qualities in there, right? So we cannot even uh, start comparing those people with each other. Yeah. Sure. So uh, for me, for me, there is uh, it exists an expect a spectrum, right, uh, with the agile, uh, agile manifesto. So at one end of the spectrum for me is the dogmatism, like we have to do everything like to the letter of the manifesto, which which uh, you can you can easily figure out that, that is not going to work everywhere. And on the other end of the spectrum is that it's like so free that everybody is doing random stuff and they are trying to then retrofit it to the agile manifesto right and uh, at least in my opinion i don't see how we can um, come up with a with a rigid and strict framework that uh, that allows us to stay uh, within a within a boundaries that are uh, that that are close enough to the one uh, extreme of the dogmatism but not really being dogmatic about it. So how how do you guys see that? Like, how can we make sure that that happens? Because like like Fanny said, with the bio food, it's there because there is demand for it. And the, so if we have if we want to see less gluten free stuff in the supermarket, I'm not saying that we should, but if we want to reduce that amount, then we need to address the demand problem. Right. Why is there demand for it? Is it a hype? And the same thing goes with certification. People who are saying, yeah, you need to be certified for this. Otherwise, you can't work with our company. I'm like, why? <laughs> like, wh why is that the measure? Right? I, I, I think that even and I know if I listened well to Chris, um, it, it starts with the fact that um, we have an agile manifesto that really has a very good basis on, on what we try to achieve, right? We, we try to help our customers uh, and whether it's software solutions, we, we really want to help them forward. Um, but people are not following those, um, those principles. So maybe the first start that we should take is take a look at what are those principles that we have um, and is the manifesto still covering all those principles and, and what is going wrong so what are we not achieving in, in a lot of things that we help? Um, and what do we need to change on maybe the manifesto or the principles to make sure that we still get the outcome that we want? So I think that would be a very good start. Yeah, I think I'd, I'd love to come back to uh, some points that were made. Obviously, there was, there was a lot to discuss there. So, and there's some great feedback, uh, great comments. 
Um, Varney was talking about, you know, the commoditization of, of gluten and, and talking about how if we change something, it may not result in, in the results we're, we're thinking. And we don't want to, he was talking about standardization, right? I, I don't believe in standardization. I, as I said, I'm an agnostic, I would quite happily work with 10 teams concurrently, each of them having their own microculture, their own identity, each maybe doing their own flavor of agile. And as long as the outcome is, 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 is achieved, that's what I care about. Right. And the, the outcome being, being agility. Now I, I like the concept of guardrails, just kind of guidelines that we're heading towards that help you, um, know where having your sense of vision, but I don't believe the answer is to standardize. And I don't believe the answer is to create a single all encompassing manifesto. What I, what, what my argument is, is that we haven't meaningfully performed the activity, the retrospective to check. And the answer as a community might be actually, there is no single version. It might be that actually the original version is perfect. Let's keep it as is. It might be that what we need to do is go buy um, individual manifestos, into industry focused. And that might be the answer. And that specializes and, and people don't try and buy into the original one. That might be the answer. I don't have the answer. I'm, I'm not, I'm not omniscient. I, I'm not, I'm not a clairvoyant. I don't have the answer guys. And no. I, again, I have just one perspective. My, yeah. my belief is we need to examine and identify possibilities and experiment and learn from that. Yeah, well, I do agree with you on that. I mean, uh, it's also not always necessary to have the right answer. I believe it's uh, the important first step in uh, improving anything is by asking these questions. Right. So which which I think which I think you're doing and and uh, just the fact that we're having this conversation is also helping the community to better understand where we stand or where the community stands and whether there are possibilities to move forward. Because like you said, there are people who are so ingrained with that, with that dogmatism that they stop asking questions and let's start asking questions. And once we start asking questions, somebody (laughs) might come up with at least a half answer and then we can pick up from there. Yeah, it it absolutely happens. How many, how many times have you worked with a team that when you attend one of their ceremonies, perhaps they ask the same questions in their standups every time they, they do the same retrospective format, start, stop, continue. They don't, they don't try different ways of doing things because they discover kind of what works for them and they just carry on doing it. That's not continuous improvement. Exactly. Now the problem is, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's, it's human. It's, it's, it's natural evolution. We have been We've been we've evolved over millions of years to seek homeostasis, to seek what's comfortable, to seek the path of least resistance. And when we when we discover what we like, it's difficult for us to change that. Yeah, it's called with with a very beautiful word. It's called cognitive easing. So if yes. you don't know that, just look it up. But that, that, that's that's like our mind's way of compressing the complex world into main into uh, accessible approaches, right? Absolutely. So and 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 in order to move away and improve significantly, like doing quantum leaps of improvements, then we need to ask those fundamental questions and try to move away from that dogmatism. Absolutely. And this is what you were saying when you, when you first introduced me earlier on, you were saying that you, you go on your rants sometimes on LinkedIn and you and I connected from that same thing. I was doing what you, I guess what you would describe as a rant. I was, I was talking about and challenging and acknowledging some, some fundamental 
things that I see as being a little bit broken in the wider agile industry. And what I'm doing here is just calling for change. And I said, it's not changes sake. It's not trying to force diversity and inclusion or anything like that. It's purely just if we are agile practitioners and we are living by the manifesto that we so hold dear, we should be inspecting and adapting and living and breathing the, 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 the principles and values that it professes. Well, that's, I, I think we couldn't have ended this podcast on a better note than that. <laughs> uh, it's a positive note with a little bit of criticism of, of how, uh, how we're handling this uh, in our industry. So uh, I want to really thank you, Chris, for uh, sharing your insights and your opinions on this uh, with us. And the same goes for Fanny and Marcus. Thank you for keeping us sharp and challenging us on um, on uh, what we do every day which uh, tend to uh, tend to become this uh, this monotonous thing that we do and from time to time we need to have these very hard discussions where we really evaluate whether it is still the right thing to do so thank you for your time and thank you uh, very much for the opportunity and great to great to discuss these things with you guys thank you for listening thank you for being patient with my my little verbal discourse there if I may just add uh, one more thing before we, we finish, uh, I believe there may be an opportunity for this experiment uh, to happen in February next year. There is a, a festival called Agile 20 Reflect Festival, and it's intending to be not like a conference like everything else. It's meant to be a month long series of agile meetups across the globe. Uh, and it's to look at the past, the present and the future of Agile and the Agile Manifesto. Now, I think and I've submitted a proposal and I'm, I'm a little bit involved. I wouldn't say I'm actively involved in this in this festival, but I know who's leading it. And mm -hmm. I think that is a great opportunity for people to get involved in this festival and examine uh, the manifesto and see if it is fit for purpose and have your say on that. Okay, great. We uh, we will uh, we'll include a link to that uh, in our uh, in our show notes that uh, might help our listeners as well. Wonderful. All right. Well, thank you everybody uh, for participating today and uh, and. Uh, yeah, we'll see you next time. Okay, bye-bye, everyone. My pleasure. Bye. Bye-bye.